Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to Summit to Soul Mountain. Today, I have an episode with Mark Sanchez. He is a lifestyle coach, and through soul movement, he teaches people how to move, eat healthy, and find happiness through many different practices. It was a pleasure to hear his story and where his path has led him to. We talk about the soul, plant medicines, and how spiritual path will look different for everybody's individual journey. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much love. Welcome, brother. Thank you uh, for joining me here. Got Mark Sanchez with Soul Movement, and uh, super honored to have you here. How you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Thank you for having me on and reaching out, and uh, yeah, have me on your podcast as you build this out. So excited to to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so just a, a little breakdown from who I know you as and, you know, kind of how we met. We met through Instagram. I've been following you for a couple of years now and watching you and you've been, you know, an inspiration to me in nutrition and movement and watching all your dance videos and your beautiful expression. And um, yeah, it's super cool to see your your happiness and how you put yourself out there in the world. Um, so, uh, just, I guess, tell me a little bit about who you are, what, what kind of offerings and passions you have for the world and where you came from and, uh, where you're at right now in life. Cool. Well, I'll I'll start and I'll, I'll give a little summary, you know, that's as, uh, we tell our stories, we can tell so many different areas of, of where we came from and this and that, but the general story is I grew up in, um, Watsonville, which is near Santa Cruz in California on the coast. So if you know Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. uh, very famous surf town. And so it was right there on the coast, a lot of farming, uh, surfing, hiking, mountain biking. Um, yeah. So I grew up on the coast there, um, and went to a junior college there and found dancing at around 2001. And from there started doing some dancing in school, taking classes, a bunch of classes. And then I found club culture in San Francisco at the time, which was mid 2000s, like early 2000s. And then started dancing in the, in the city, uh, LA, you know, wherever we could find dance clubs with good DJs and good music, we were there. So um, it spread to going out, just dancing and going out. Um, as I was doing all that, I was still mountain biking. I was really into bodybuilding at the time. So I was really just into getting big, just getting swole, dude. Like, you know, mm-hmm. being 18, 19, all this testosterone. And I was, I could put up a couple hundred pounds on, on all the things, you know? So I was co- currently doing, uh, outdoor activities, hiking, I met a friend through the gym, another trainer who was all into like all these things, mountain biking, hiking, surfing. And he kind of like influenced me that way. He's like, dude, come on, let's go ride. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a bike, but like, mm-hmm. sure. So he, he was the one that first got me to go, you know, buy a, a mountain bike and start riding and really get into it. So I had him really influence me on the outdoor activities as my soul found dancing and then I basically kind of led that lifestyle for a long time. And I actually moved up to the Bay Area, uh, SF, Oakland in 2010. And from that point, I pretty much stopped doing a lot of that stuff. 
I did weekend stuff here and there, but I did a lot of bachelor single life city living, which was like party, party, mm -hmm. record drugs, you know, going out, staying up till five, six in the morning for years. And I did that for a long time. And then I, are you familiar with Paul Check? Do you know Paul Check? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So I found Paul Check's work, uh, okay. like mid to the, when was that? 2010, the, probably like 2011. 2012 and uh took paul check's course holistic lifestyle co coaching course and that changed my entire life because at this point i went from being active teaching people how to live and, and move their body and get stronger to f kind of falling off and then partying and, and really beating myself through my actions to then finding this course and then this course saying hey what are you doing with your life brother what are you doing with your life with your life right and then i i had this moment of clarity I came home and told my girlfriend, hey, this, this is going to change. My life has to change. I'm going this other way. And that's when I really started going into the mountains and really getting into nature, really getting back into my practices of Qigong, breath work, um, you know, strength training, nutrition, eating, cooking, juicing. Like I went full force. So I went into that journey and that has been up until now. So you're, you're, you're catching me like all the way through that back kind of back into uh, a deeper understanding of all these basic principles, like you're saying, like your food, mm -hmm. your nature, your medicine connection, um, uh, coming back around to that. And so, yeah, that's kind of the, the quick, quick story journey. You know, there's a lot in there, but um, if you follow the, if you know, kind of like the hero's journey, it feels like a little mm -hmm. bit of the hero's journey. It feels like I had this thing, I fell, I had this call to adventure and this call to my deepest parts finding some gifts and finding who I am, clarity, purpose, and then coming back out in the world and saying, okay, hey, this is, this is me. You know, you, you see that what I'm doing in the world and mm -hmm. it, in that flow of, of life now, that makes cool. sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to like be in, be in that like bodybuilding, you know, health lifestyle and stuff. And then to kind of, you know, jump back and, you know, and, I mean, it's, you know, it's all lessons and stuff. It's all, you know, journeying and, and then, you know, led you to, you know, fully committing even more back to, you know, health and fitness and, and stuff and to know that you, you wanted to do that even more and, you know, share that and stuff. That's cool. Um, in San Francisco, were you ever, uh, like going to dirty bird barbecues or anything like that? Were you, are you familiar dirty with dirty bird? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All those, all those parties for sure. Yeah, cool. That's fun. Um, and so now, now where you're at, uh, where are you at now? You're like you're you're living on on an organic farm. Um, <laughs> where's that at? So this is east of the Bay Area, um, San Francisco, due east towards um, the foothills. So I'm like right in the Sierras as it just starts to kind of start to roll in you know, before it starts to get big granite and you start to get deep into the, into the mountain tomatoes and uh, cabbage and kales and lettuces and man, tomatillos. Mm. And it's like, I could go on, like there's 15, mm -hmm. 20 more going at least. Um, and there's 150 fruit trees that we have here. There's also um, tons of medicinal herbs, the comfrey and mullein and, 
dandelion and burdock and uh, calendula and man, there's it's insane the amount of like medicinal flowers and herbs mm-hmm. that we also that um, cool. were in a, into the landscape is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is awesome because I come from Michigan and kind of just like the suburbs and stuff, and so it's like. I, you know, growing up, I never saw, you know, any of that stuff or, you know, little gardens in the backyard, but, you know, never, never part of the, the wide variety and, and knowing that so many things could, could be grown for medicinal, like dandelion, you see dandelion in the backyards and you're like, oh, that's a weed, you know, but it's such a powerful, you know, thing, super good for the gut and stuff, which is cool. That's so that's probably like a really big transition to be living on an organic farm and like connecting with earth in that way and has like how does that how does that connect you with the earth and like how does you know does that develop you to respect it more and to you know creating a relationship with the food you grow and stuff absolutely man definitely you know uh so Remember I said in the beginning, my story was uh, growing up in a farm town, mm-hmm. right? Growing up in a farm city, and then I came back to farm. My grandpa had about he had about two acres that I grew up on. We had courses, we had fruit trees, apple trees, plums, oranges. And then we had, um, you know, a garden, you know, not, not as big as this one, but we had a big mm-hmm. garden. And uh, as I got to this farm a year ago, and I started working the land and putting things in the ground, I was like, this feels so good. This feels so good to put my hands and get dirt under my nails and then, and then till the land. Yeah. Just be barefoot, you know, dirty and and really grounding, right. Grounding into the earth. I kept thinking that this was so good. And I was like, this feels familiar to me because I did some of this back when I was growing Mm -hmm. up. I just forgot. So, you know, even though I would say this is like my first year of literally growing things, I'm kind of following the, uh, lead of my friend who's um been growing food for a long time and really in permaculture and is really knowledgeable and just really gung-ho about it i'm i'm following him so he says i'm kind of like the grunt worker you know he's like hey do this i'm like cool okay i'll dig you know mm-hmm. and i'll plant some things but i'm starting to just understand it more and it's a remembrance mm-hmm. if that makes you know mm-hmm. i think a lot of us kind of going deeper really quick side note is when you get your hands into the soil and you get yourself into growing food and harvesting food or, or natural foods, it's a remembrance. We forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't even know that mm-hmm. we do it. And then we're like, why does this feel so good? Well, cause it's in our freaking DNA mm-hmm. <laughs> It's are, you know, we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've lost. It's helped me rekindle that, that connection. And also, yeah, my gut feels really good. My body feels really good because I'm eating this freaking food that I planted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm eating the watermelon. Like this is mind blowing. I have never never done that, you know. Mm-hmm. So to eat 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 the lettuces, harvest the lettuce. When a friend comes over, or a retreat comes by, and they're like, "Wow, these potatoes are so glad." Like last night, these potatoes are amazing. And I said, "Yeah, I said I grew them. Yeah, we just harvested them like last week." They're like what? And I'm like, "Yeah, they're amazing, right?" So to have that be translated through my life to other mm-hmm. people that come through. It, it's it's really powerful for sure. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, 
it's cool because it like you're like developing a relationship with the food you're watching you plant the seeds or you watch it grow you come out and see you know see it as a little kid and you know a couple weeks go by and you're like oh you're a teenager now or you're going you know now you're ready to be harvest and that just probably puts in a, a whole different level of love to when you eat it and gratitude and you know the work that you put in yeah most people don't don't know that feeling they just go to the store and pick their vegetables and their fruits and stuff and they don't have any connection they're just eating it and so that's probably right. a beautiful relationship to have it is and all you're saying there too is like because i used to go to the farmer's market before all this right i had, mm -hmm. I had to go go to the and, and grab my vegetables you know if i think if you didn't have access to it like i didn't but I thought about it like that in a way it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't like I was mm -hmm. getting my it and then cleaning it and then rinsing it and washing it. Right. But if I can think about going to the market or going to the grocery store and going to the farmer's market and I teach my clients is if you can think about it, like you're doing it, going to the garden, mm -hmm. still develop that connection. You can still develop mm -hmm. that kind of similar symbolic. I'm going to the garden, you know, and, mm -hmm. and pluck harvests mm. from that and still get some of that deep i think wisdom of mm -hmm. of that even if you're going to the market so um yeah i think it's all a mindset at the not totally like how you carry it how you walk it mm -hmm. uh, until you get to that get to the mm -hmm. soil and you're like i've been doing this all right mm -hmm. i've been practicing you know, mm -hmm. yeah that's what i do too i you know every time for a meal i try to give thanks to the people who grew it and to the you know and and that yeah for me that helps helps me bring that connection in or you know even though i know i didn't grow up myself and stuff at giving gratitude for all the people and the work and the earth that that was put into it before i'm like okay i can start to yeah i can start to step into this mindset of of giving respect and and sharing the the parts that that was put into it so right on. um yeah and that's uh, like we you know just so powerful to to connect with the earth and to know that like the earth is providing for you pachamama always provide like what are the three like best practices that you would kind of say comes from like growing your own food and and how to like how you you know give thanks and gratitude and and to the food that you eat like, what would you, you know, mm -hmm. your three best, best practices for that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, if I sit for a second, um, the three best practices that I do for, with growing food, is that the good, like, yeah. Yeah, like question. for uh, eating your foods or, you know, growing or thinking like, how do you, you know, practice, you know, that, that kind of gratitude or... Right. Um, well, first one is I would say just practicing, uh, singing and dancing while harvesting or mm. tending, you know, I feel it, this is practice of, you know, I'm out there with my friends. You might've seen these videos on the stories and they're out there dancing and we're singing. And, um, one of these, uh, brothers was here the other day, like a few months ago, and they did a little potato planting harvest, this herb potato planting day. Right. So they all went out. And they all started, one brother's out there, 
drum and they're doing a potato drumming song, you know, while planting potatoes. So I think step one for me, like just, or number one would be like just dancing and singing gratitude and mm-hmm. saying like, Oh my, so freaking pumped. Like playing, just putting the playfulness in it, putting the, that joy of like, I'm planting something that's going to mm-hmm. be, and that's going to come later. And I'm like, so that feels like a good practice mm-hmm. of gratitude mm-hmm. in that step one process of seed to soil. Um, and it comes back again. It, that same thing comes back again when we harvest it because we're dancing out there and music's going. We're pulling out the potatoes, you know. Um, so yeah, just singing and and, pray, and praying and and being in gratitude that way. Um, the other way would be just um, it's kind of like all, like you said three things, but it's kind of all the very similar. If that mm-hmm. makes sense about it, when we cut up the vegetables and we cook it, cook a meal for a guest, right? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a guess. We're dancing singing and dancing. And singing. <laughs> dancing with the food we hold hands before we plate the meal and send it out and we do a prayer and we give thanks and we say thank you for all the critters thank you for all the microbes thank you for mm. all the you know, air and water soil thank you for all the people that came before us to tend this land and we do this whole process and ritual and then we send it out and people are like man this food is amazing what did you do well we didn't do we didn't do anything you know we didn't have any <laughs> we didn't put it through any production mm-hmm. or anything we saying it and, mm-hmm. and prayed over it and out and it tastes different doesn't it right mm-hmm. and amazing because there's that love there's intention there's organic soil and no inputs um no pesticides no fungicides herbicides nothing like that so you have very clean food mm-hmm. you have clean loving tending and then you have loving uh, preparation and then people that eat it go this is next level you can taste mm-hmm. the vitality Mm-hmm. And the energy is there. So yeah, deep, deep gratitude, you know, the three is like singing, dancing, and then just being intent, having intention around what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of like my house plants. I, I remember hearing something about like studies of, you know, people going and basically telling a plant that you love it, you know, saying you're beautiful and you know seeing that it, it just blossoms and it grows so so much and then other plants you're saying you're i hate you you're ugly you know and these plants just like stay small and it's like that kind of energy is you know it it does wonderful things to it so yeah that's right that's powerful and that's really cool because you're putting yeah that that playfulness and the dance and the intention and stuff like yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that people are like can feel the difference you know they're not they're not seeing you dance or you know singing to it or singing it while you're doing it and stuff but that's cool that they can you know feel it feels the the vibrancy of it i mean i think that's a secret ingredient to food cooking <laughs> so you know not that you listen to this like if i say one thing is if you make your food and you sing to it and you love on it it will come out different you know it has a resonance and um, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday it was yesterday, and they said something about like going into a restaurant. If they go into a restaurant, it's, oh, cause they were saying they had a great experience at this restaurant in, in, in LA of all places. And they were like, yeah, it was amazing. The people were loving. They felt like they wanted to be there. The meal was amazing. They took care of me. They're just really nice. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she was like, yeah, if I go into a restaurant and they're stressed and they don't look happy, she'll walk out. And I was like, mm-hmm same thing like if i go in a spot and people are just aggro in there and mm-hmm. the food tastes really mm-hmm. good but if they 
of what's going on in there. I was like, nah, I'm not for that. You know, right. I'll go somewhere else. So yeah, that's the critical thing is just what you, how you, yeah, how you prepare your meal. Like Paul Check says, another little side note is uh, don't ever eat angry. Don't yeah. ever eat frustrated. Don't eat when you're upset. Don't eat when you're like really feeling emotionally charged. Wait. Even if you're hungry, take a second, walk away. Come back when you can come back calm to your food because the energy that we, when we eat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. be, then we are eating un- uh, like not mindful and not mm -hmm. present and what does that do to the body and what does that do to digestion and how do we assimilate mm -hmm. the food after that yeah not always you what know? you eat but how you eat how you eat man it's absolutely the, the right thing for sure well uh let's let's jump into a little bit of uh like your movement practices too um so like you said it's interesting now because I see a lot of, you know, most of the stuff that I see your movement practices around are all intuitive movements and, you know, just like a lot of functionality. So it's really interesting to hear that back in your early life, you were really, you know, into the bodybuilding and stuff and getting swole and big and which is really cool. You know, it's, you know, nothing against that, but, you know, it's not always the, the most functional thing. You see a lot of big people, but they can't touch their toes or they can't, you know, um, yeah. So like, uh, what, like, what are your intuitive movements and practices? I know you got a lot of, you know, like morning movements and routines and stuff. Um, what are, what are those like for you? Sure. The intuitive, if I could, uh, kind of go back a little bit, I'd love to, I think context, especially with the food stuff and also movement stuff, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit would be helpful to understand like why or where I'm at in terms of the intuitive. Mm -hmm. for for listening yeah absolutely. Um, that's cool so bodybuilding i'll take you all the way back i was super scrawny i was picked on in high school i was picked on in school you know classic bro pick me up by my shirt my neck collar and put me up against the wall and tell me give me mm -hmm. your money kid or throw me in a garbage can and and spin it and tr watch me fall you know like mm -hmm. i was picked on so when i started bodybuilding i went to gold's gym classic right gold's mm -hmm. gym like famous mm -hmm. and i started checking out all the big dudes and the, and the women out there i was like yeah i want to be fucking big you know i want to be swole so i don't get picked on so that was like the initial starting point and um and i i wanted to tell the story because it's very i think kind of what we're what you're doing brother with your soul to mountain podcast or mountain mm -hmm. what is it soul to mountain Summit to soul yeah. mountain yeah yeah is um you know especially if there are males out there that are listening to this so many stories sound like this. I didn't feel good. I was low of self-esteem and I'm trying to improve myself and I'm trying to look better in a certain way. So I, I always like to tell this story because uh, especially for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, so I got picked on. I went to the gym. I was like, man, I want to get bigger. I don't want to be picked on. I want to be cool. I want to be liked. I want to be seen. And I got freaking jacked. You know, I got really big. I could put two plates on the bar, get underneath it and squat it for reps, for sets, you know, throw a 45 pound plate on my, on my waist and do perfect pull-ups, you know, 15 reps, get off, do two plates, hit dips, hit sets, you know, like strong, mm -hmm. you know? And I, then I injured my shoulder. Mm. So let me, if I can take you, this is a kind of a, a weaving of a story here. So back when um, I was doing all that dancing and I found dancing, I was doing all that outdoor activities, I was dancing, 
and I was hardcore training bodybuilding. So I was doing two to three, five hour rides on the bike in the mountains, mm-hmm. three to four heavy lifting days in the gym. And you're talking deadlift, bench, rows, dumbbells, presses, squats, mm-hmm. basic lifting stuff, right? Curls, <laughs> triceps. And, uh, and I was dancing and going out every single night of the week, drinking, smoking, recreational drugs. So if, you know, you look at that picture, I was doing a lot of movement. Yeah. So at that time I'm doing all this stuff. I grab a pair of hundred pound dumbbells, throw them up on my legs. I lay back, throw them up and I'm pressing out reps. I get to eight. I'm doing a set of 10. All of a sudden my shoulders goes, and I'm like, ah, Um, I I told my buddy, dude, my my shoulder, something happened with my shoulder. He's like, you got it, bro. You got it. You got it, bro. You got it. Mm. About two more reps set these hundred pound dumbbells down, dude. When I don't know, you can tell on the Instagram, but I'm a small dude. I'm like five, five right now. I probably weigh like wet 130 pounds <laughs> at the time. I was probably 150, you know, 155. So putting up hundred pounds, drop them, wake up the next morning. I cannot move my right arm. It's completely dead. When I say I can't move it, I cannot move it. Mm-hmm. There's no brain connection. There's no neural connection. Is the dead arm and I can't move it. It hurts like hell. <laughs> okay. So that set me on a whole trajectory. I let it freeze up because I didn't know how to get it back. I went into a deep depression. You know, all this stuff happened where I was just like, man, here I'm at the f- peak young age of physical activity and I can't freaking move mm-hmm. and I don't back. Okay. So that's a very potent part of the story there. So then I moved to the Bay Area. So I'm kind of weaving in that story. When I moved to the Bay Area in 2010, I went through all these breakups. I went through all this heartbreak and all this crap that was just taking me further away from myself. Then, boom, I plant myself in a crazy fast-paced city that's all about money, looking good, you know, and mm-hmm. so then I start doing that and I get kind of caught up in that, right? All along, I'm just doing basic curls. I'm just doing a little bit of stuff because I'm a smaller guy. I didn't gain a lot of weight. I wasn't the one, the type of body to, to balloon up to 200 pounds, mm-hmm. any fat, right? I looked fit, but someone that was trained and knew could look at me and go, Oh, you're broken and sick is what you are. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So I do a few things to keep my arms looking good to keep my abs kind of looking good. Right. I was skinny. Mm-hmm. I can, right. But I didn't have full range of motion in my shoulder. This one did this. This one did this. Mm. Okay. So I had frozen shoulder. It didn't move like a regular shoulder. It was chronic pain. I made excuses. Uh, well, why don't you do this? Why aren't you dancing? Well, because my shoulder. Why aren't you doing this? Well, because my shoulder. You want to go climbing? No. Why? Because my shoulder. Everything was like I, I isolated myself and I calcified. And I pretty much said no to everything that was physically physical. Even the dancing, that, which I loved, was my mm-hmm. first love. My, my past didn't dance. I barely danced. So all this stuff started calcifying. I started hardening. I started closing. And then, boom, kind of weaving in the story of meeting the Paul Check story, right? That Paul Check course came back out of it. At that time, do you know Scott Sonnen? Mm-mm. Club Bells, Tack Fit. See, I'm going to turn you up on him because he's amazing. I found out about Sonnen. Now, Scott Sonnen is amazing because 
he was the one that brought mobility training to the states as we know it. He's the mobility godfather, if you will. Okay, so you hear, oh, mobility training, mobility training. He was the dude that brought that term to what we know in the fitness culture today. Okay, so he does uh, club bells, which are like bats that look that are weighted, swing over the heads, make come from that same kind of swinging motion. And he was the he him and Paul Check were the first two people that I started researching their material and their work, and started to say, whoa. These guys are amazingly fit at 45 years old and 50 plus. They've broken their backs. They've broken their necks. They've broken this. They've broken that. And they're moving again. And they're, they're, they're back. They look great. Mm-hmm. It was very holistic uh, well, wellness and health system first. The byproduct is how you look. <laughs> the mm-hmm. byproduct look is just the byproduct of living really in tune. So what I learned was mobility training, how your breathing affects your musculoskeletal system, how your freaking sleep affects your chronic pain, how your gut biome affects your chronic pain, how all that stuff affects your belief systems. Mm -hmm. And then how your belief system, what you say and how what you say affects what you do. And then, you know, this whole unraveling of like all the pieces that make up a really holistic wellness program was like shown to me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I started rehabbing my shoulder and I rehabbed that shoulder, got it back where I don't feel the chronic pain anymore at all. Full function, full function of my body. And I went super hardcore into physical strength training for probably like four or five years. I mean, every day, dude, I was doing so much shit. I was like freaking pull-ups, push-ups, crawling, battle ropes. I mean, I was training hard and I got myself really, really back. And I started to understand the process of the basics, you know, people want to do hundreds of burpees to get to lose the fat. No, you, you don't need a hundred burpees every single day. You don't need to freaking do uh, cardio until you drop. You need to eat right, sleep well, drink water, reduce your stress, get into nature and do some walking and a few medium intensity workouts. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't need to be doing all this crazy stuff in your life to get fit. You just need the basics done over time consistently. You know, we have this culture of high intensity training, do more, do more. You need mm-hmm. max full cycle. You need to burn, burn, burn. No, we're burnt out as a collective. If you, if you feel me, mm-hmm. we need cool down. We need to cool our jets, learn and listen and understand and really embody these techniques and principles first before trying to get to the big, bad, tough, faster, more harder kind of mentality. Um, really quick. Cause I know it going a little bit so there was that piece so i went super hardcore into training after the bodybuilding it was bodybuilding no real training super intense dedication and consistency and and study i was really studying this stuff Mm -hmm. currently uh uh, and coinciding with that story that little um second wave of training there was an energetic training which i did a bunch of osho meditation I started unclearing and removing a lot of traumas, a lot of parental stuff, a lot of, uh, you know, what we would call shadow stuff in, in, in shadow work, going mm-hmm. deep, figuring out all the weird spots in me, all the spots in me that objectified women, all the parts of me that, you know, my sexuality was fucked up, 
all the parts of me that were just a little off, right. Or, mm-hmm. or not off, but just not tended to not looked at and said, mm-hmm. what, what, what is this about you that makes you do that or, or think this way. So I started uncovering all the energetics of myself. And then after I did all that, now you catching me with that question. Let me type back to the question is now I'm in an intuitive practice where I don't have chronic pain on a daily basis. I don't have gut issues on a daily basis. I don't have, you know, mental depression stuff on a daily basis. I just get to wake up and go, well, I feel good right now. What, I, what do I want to do out of my, my heart? And what does my body need? And, you know, learning the stuff that I put into four or five years of study, plus, you know, that's this, mm-hmm. the, the last training phase. I could go literally, I could be like, okay, my neck feels off. My shoulder feels off. I'm getting numbness in my right finger or my right hand. Something's happening in my neck. Something's happening with my vertebrae. I lay down, do a few things, pop. I'll, I'll do some tractioning on my neck through a few different variations. And shit, what do you know? No more pain in that shoulder, but it took five minutes to figure that out. Mm. That could have taken me before and taken others when I work with people years to figure out. Mm-hmm. But what I figured out is after all that, I'm going to kind of wind this down here after all that. And for listeners out there, when you're listening to this, my story, you're like, wow, okay, this, that, and the other is your energetics of your body, the energetics of your mind, your spirit and your soul are that's number one. If you can come to terms and come to peace inside your own psyche and your own heart and your own gut and clear that out and do the basics, you will remove many, many problems you have in your musculoskeletal system. Hmm. <laughs> you got chronic pains in your, in your back and you're this, it could be because you're stressed out and your breathing patterns way jacked up. And that's where it's coming from. You don't need to see a therapist. You don't need to see a massage therapist. You don't need to get, you might need to get cracked, but you might need to do all those things. Let me say that. Hmm. But if you can really just figure out how to forgive yourself for the things you've done and the hurts you've caused, forgive people that have hurt you, come back to a baseline of peace, it'll do a lot for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, man, that's a long winded, winded answer for that question. You know, no, how do I get to it? And- I mean, that's, that's the huge, you know, it's all, it's never really that simple. You know, there's always, you know, so much to, to go into it. And, and that's cool to, to hear how you, you know, went through that process and really, you know, full circle coming around and and going through that. And I, I think I, I hear that, you know, so many things are a lot of times a lot simpler than people think, you know, when it comes to that. And especially with, you know, one of the things that was coming through to me was like the physical body is, you know, a way to everything like manifests through that, you know? So like, when things happen in your psyche, the way you think, or, you know, the smallest things can, will manifest in certain ways in your body. And yeah, a lot of times it's, I got to go to, you know, a chiropractor and I got to see, you know, this many things, or I got to go to a doctor, I got to, you know, see a therapist or I got, but yeah, like knowing to, to look at that shadow work and the, the small things and those, those shifts are really powerful in the physical, you know, but it's hard to once once you kind of come to terms with that and realize that for like your own experience it's like okay it's easier to come back and you know look at those things or you know it's like is this mindset yeah the stress or this the way that i'm thinking you know the way that i'm talking to myself is you know creating so much stress in my body that's yeah manifesting in these different ways 
Right. So, right. That's really cool to to hear that whole story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. that because that that's powerful. You're welcome, brother. And I think You're a lot welcome. of people can relate to that, you know, in a lot of ways of, you know, mm-hmm. going through that kind of stuff and then coming out on the other side and, and seeing things are, mm-hmm. you know, a lot different than what they thought they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I get a lot of it too, is, um, you know, I've worked with people and oh, I want to be, I just want to be flowy and intuitive and, and, um, kind of, I, I feel that you would feel this is understanding the the structure and the discipline of the training that I've gone through and I practiced and feeling the intuitive flow on the other side, that yin yang, that kind of Mm -hmm. polar opposites. Most people in our culture are what structured uh, nine to five work and they got their life structured. Right. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is people would come into the gym and they say, I want to be flowy and I want to do intuitive Right. And I don't want to do the same thing over and over again, because I'm like, I'm the man of repetition. I'm going to make you do the same thing for the next four weeks. Yeah. And I'm not going to let you change that because we need to let your body adapt to the stress mm-hmm. or to the movement profile. Right. People, oh, I, I want to do a different workout to keep my body guessing mm, that that comes later. That comes. That's kind of where I'm at. Right. It comes later. The variety. Mm-hmm. But in our culture, we're so programmed and so structured that people want to break out of that and go to flow. Mm. Understandable. But you also have to keep that structure and bring that with you too. Mm-hmm. And most of our culture wants to do one or the other. On the other end, someone might be super flowy and they need more structure. You know, it's like, how do you blend the, the, the structure and the repetition with intuitive practice? And that's something I really enjoy helping people with too is, no, we're going to do the same thing over and over again, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gets boring. I know, I know, I know. But just trust me. Just work mm-hmm. with me. You'll, it'll pay off later, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's building. the mind wanting to like, ah, I don't mm-hmm. want to do the same thing over again. And, and I think that's in terms of um, kind of strength training, you asked me, is the key or one of the key things that's missing is this repetition and consistency within that. Mm-hmm. So blending two and you'll get the best of both worlds of soul like ah oh, feels good to just go into the space and go i'm gonna do some stretching and i'm gonna do some jumping and then i'm gonna do some of this and i'm gonna do some of that and that felt great but save time to go into the space and go i'm gonna do some kettlebell stuff like this i'm gonna do these push-ups and i'm gonna do those things for the next four weeks mm-hmm. yeah building mm-hmm. building that strong foundation is is super important seems like you know you got to know yeah have have the strong foundation and then you can go outward and you know 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 what intuitively feels good but knowing how to be intuitive you know or like knowing how to do yeah, those oh, that's a great one i love that how to be intuitive you know i mean i think we're all intuitive we, we get it mm-hmm. but how to hone it mm-hmm. i think you're what you just said right there is, is really beautiful and how to be intuitive mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah yeah because I mean, that's, I, for me, exactly. Like, I know it's like, yeah, having structure and going to the gym and working out, it's like, I don't want to do, you know, all these, you know, just barbell push, you know, like bench press and stuff. I'm like, this isn't fun. You know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm moving my body, but, but totally I get that to, to, to have that foundation is, yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, do you play music at all? Um, I got a little djembe and like a harmonica and stuff. Uh, I just kind of, 
every okay. once in a while, pick it up and, you know, play it around. And, but, but okay. it's always, you know, super personal. I have like to, you know, express by myself, but I'm not, not at the point where I'm feeling like I can get out and, you know, or like I'm, you know, singing and when I'm in nature by myself doing hikes and stuff, I'll let the vocals come out, but, but, uh, bust it out. Right. Yeah. The only reason I asked too is like for people that play music and do these things is like your, your scales, you know, it's like learning the, the foundation principles is like mm -hmm. your scales in a way you learn the basics and you flow off because you understand the structure. Mm -hmm. You can step out. Once you understand the container, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You understand how to step out and come back in, step mm -hmm. out and come back in. Yeah. I like yeah, the music beautiful. analogy a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, I think, you know, especially with music, a lot of people, you know, learning like the piano as a young kid, or at least what I think about you learn the piano, the piano is you learn the tones and, you know, you learn what, you know, each tone is and see, and, and then you can take it to a guitar and be like, okay, this is what this is supposed to sound like. And, and how can I mm -hmm. move around that and know what, what sounds good with, with what sounds. So like bringing people in to, into nature and stuff and like coaching people and taking and coming back to those roots and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that, you know, that practice of yours and like those teachings and stuff and what you do for those people? Sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's very cool. You know, uh, this theme, I'll say it's uh, before I answer that question. It's a theme. It's very simple. Everything that I share is so simple. And, um, one one course that holistic lifestyle course uh coaching course by paul check mm -hmm. it was a brother named jator that taught it and he charges i think 350 an hour okay and he's 350 an hour and when the students raise their hand they say how do you what like made a comment or asked a question about his his rate and he said he said let me just say this i'm a simple man teaching teaching simple things but they're powerful and they're potent and most people miss these simple things mm. ending up with a more complex issue down the road because they didn't address the simple. Mm. He says, all I'm doing is simple. So I, I take that piece of me or him with me when he said that. And when I'm going to answer this question, it's very simple. I love nature. I've sat by a river. I've climbed a peak and I've sat at the top of a peak at sunrise in the morning after a, you know, Alpine start and got to the top and was just like, are you kidding me? This is insane. You know what I'm talking about, brother, right? You're up at the top of this mountain and just uh, feeling the power of this earth. When you get to a remote place and you get to a, a beautiful lake that's tucked in, nestled in these little things you didn't see coming around that bend or up the valley, you know, and you, you got to be kidding me. This is amazing. So the joy that I get from it and what I've learned is um, I'm just sharing what I do. I'm sharing what I love. And by the nature of my resonance and my vibration, I'm going to affect somebody mm -hmm. and I'm going to pull them into me because it, I have a strong vibration. I have a strong freaking love for this planet and for myself and for my expression. I'm just going to draw people in and it draws people in. And then I just try to meet them wherever they're at. Right. So a person's like, Oh, I really want to go out, but I don't know how to backpack or I don't know how to like mm -hmm. camp. Well, then I'll bring them to my space first and then mm -hmm. I'll have them at the property and mm -hmm. they get a little taste of nature without being freaking 10 miles out on the back country mm -hmm. trail. You know what I mean? Fully so, 
so I, I kind of try to meet them. But generally, I could say people, I think from, more, from my position, people understand nature. People understand being away from a city. Mm-hmm. People understand sitting out in a beautiful sunset or sunrise. People understand the beauty of a lake. It's innate. You get, you get someone there. So all I got to do is really try to work with their insecurities and their their mindset of like, oh, I can't do it or uh, I don't like bugs or uh, I don't like and just kind of soothing that a little bit and saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I and I can get them out slowly into nature from there. And then nature does the work. I just hang out with the person. <laughs> and just I hear that. ask them questions and listen to them and most of the time the people will go oh my god i i needed this i need to just be by this lake and this feels so good mm-hmm. yeah totally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and they just start unraveling themselves and telling me about their problems and telling me about their issues with their freaking family or their partner and telling me where they're at with their life and what their soul is needing and i just listen and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. i hear you i hear you and then i say well, how do you want to go about that? Like how, what, what's in your soul? What's you're out here right now with me in the nature. It's quiet. What actionable step or what, where do you see making a change in your life when you go back? Oh, I, I, I think this, mm-hmm. cool. How can I support you going back into the world and, and, and figuring out that issue? Okay, cool. You know, as a coach and then, and then I can coach them through that. So for me, it's, um, it's just being, energetically passionate drawing people to me and then bringing them with me into nature and and trying to set up those times Mm -hmm. that can do that so it's very simple you know um about getting to people into nature (laughs) yeah nature yeah it's amazing what how like yeah the nature is so simple i mean it's so complex too but yeah the simplicity of nature is so profound to to be able to just sit there and take it take in that stuff totally that's interesting um like and like think about you know the stuff i post on my stories on my instagram right i have a lot of people message me oh my god like what where's this waterfall what where's that waterfall <laughs> where's this where, where are you in your live and, the, and it's like i get this sometimes energetic uh, messaging of like dude you're just living this crazy life bro adventuring like what and, you know, most people go, oh, I don't, I can't, I can't do that. Or I can never do that. Like, da, 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 da. the only thing stopping them from experiencing the same trail, the same waterfalls, the same rivers and the same beautiful freaking hot springs that I went to, you know, what's stopping them, their mind. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, because, because honestly, guess how much it took me to get there. It actually didn't cost me money to go to the hot springs mm-hmm. it costed me fifty dollars in gas and thirty dollars in food mm-hmm. how many people spend 200 plus on a room at a fancy resort in mexico or fancy resort here or fancy plane ticket there right it literally cost me on on, on a level of like adventuring minimal amount of money mm-hmm. and so i'm running around these mountains like you know man running around the mountains running around in nature not spending a dime but you know Mm-hmm. on energetic like for real i'm not spending that much money if at all right mm-hmm. because i could take food from where i'm growing it but the, the biggest thing is the mind oh there's bugs yeah there's gonna be bugs you're part of the same 
home of the bugs. They're not mm. separate from you. <laughs> yes, it's going to be maybe hot. You are of this earth and it's going to be hot. You can't escape heat forever. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's going to be cold. Okay, you're part of the planet. It's mm. going to be cold. You can't run from cold. You can't run from these elements. And that's, you know, bigger theme kind of thing. We're running from nature and we're just dis- disconnecting from nature. Mm-hmm versus plugging back into nature and saying, oh shit, we're, we're part of this home. We are nature. So let me experience it mm-hmm. and, and tap into it. So yeah, I was kind of chuckle because I'm like, y'all know you guys can go get this adventure too. It's not, it's not that far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People forget that they are nature. They forget that they're animals that, you know, that they're so separate, which I mean, the world, yeah. that's, that's the paradigm in the world. You know, we have to, go out into nature to see nature and and time too you know people think that having to go go out in nature go camping and stuff is you know you gotta dedicate a whole weekend or you know but it can be as simple as just doing a a couple hour hike and absolutely and you get so much from that and not yeah not having to spend a whole week and you know, hike a whole through trail or something, you know, right. like you don't got to hike 20 miles to get to a mountaintop. You can, you know, find something smaller and find those, those little peaks and little summits. Cause that's, what's totally. the biggest thing for me is like going on the mountains and then no matter how big they are, like you can always take those every, every step is a lesson and taking it back sure. into, into the world, you know, into daily life and remembering those mm-hmm. lessons. Mm -hmm. um yes it's that's cool how simple simple it can be you know when you when you allow it to be when you allow it to be right right totally better um well uh i guess um you got your your soul movement retreat coming up pretty soon um i'd love to to hear hear about that and because that you know, I think I'm sad that I'm, I've been really wanting to, I really want to go, but I won't be able to make it happen. But, uh, I think it's, that would, will be a really powerful thing for a lot of people. Um, so, uh, like what kind of offerings are, are you having there and, and what's, what's the soul movement retreat? Cool. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, brother. I mean, I'm going to, before I started, it was uh, next spring. So I plan to do the, maybe twice a year, so a spring edition of Soul Movement and then a fall edition or like late summer edition. So there'll be more to come for sure and different oh, yeah. people and different, you know, everyone will be magical in its own way. Mm-hmm. So there will be more. Love to have you. Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Soul Movement is kind of like what we're talking about. All this put together. It's all of it put together. It's, I mean, you know, just thinking about okay okay you can think about well there's this method and there's like feldenkrais method and there's like you know talk therapy and then there's chiropractic and there's herbal things and there's so much we can study right there's so much stuff that we can study to help ourselves out the strength training there's you know um mobility training and yoga and you know so many things we can do but what is the distillation what is the core essence of it all you know what uh, my one of my longest clients, um, he he, been working with him, and he's he came up with this question the other day, like a few six months ago. He said, 
what does it mean to be human? Cause I asked him like, what are you chewing on bro? Like, where are you? Like, I know where I, you know, take where you are in your journey, but what are you chewing on? What's some of these questions? Like, well, bro, actually one of them I thought the other day was like, what does it mean to be human? Cause he's in Brooklyn, mm. right? He's trying to, he's trying to do holistic, trying to navigate health and wellness. And um, so, yeah, he's trying to navigate holistic living out there and I'm coaching him through it all. And um, I was gonna say is this is a, uh, Oh, what does it mean to be human? And I bet I was chewing on that question before he even asked me. Cause I just kept getting these hits. I was like, man, I'm just sitting by the river. I'm just eating food. I'm just playing music. I'm singing. I'm just holding hands with my brothers and sisters next to me and crying next to them and tell them how I'm feeling. I'm like, this is pretty simple stuff, man. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty simple. And I'm like, I feel like I'm getting back to what humans are like, what it, what it just really means to be a human being at its essence, feeling, being connected to the surroundings and yourself mm -hmm. and living. Mm -hmm. And that involves shelter, food, water, and community survival that's the human like if i can distill it right mm -hmm. so soul movement is all that it's eating good food together it's praying over the meal together it's sitting in nature alone on an off break and hanging out by yourself with a book or just looking at the sky for 30 minutes an hour it's dancing and moving the body uh it's sauna and sweating together and like a, a sweat place right that's very powerful mm -hmm. chanting and singing so it's all those things that we just talked about the last like hour put together in a, in a container that we can show up, we can drop in and we can hang out and play and have a container that we can be our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. We can cry, laugh, shout, do as we want and be held. Uh, and then my intention for the retreat is to have a space that you can leave here feeling rejuvenated, feeling uh, inspired maybe learning something about yourself for the world uh, and just feeling connected to yourself more and connected to nature in a deeper way. And then you can go on to your life and have that inspiration trickle into how you live and how you speak and how you interact in your, your workspace and, you know, um, just have a place to recharge and recalibrate because mm -hmm. as we know, the world is very uh, polarized and there's a lot of energy flowing out out there. If, it's hard to navigate and, and stay in that grounded mode mm -hmm. when, when life is, is doing its thing. Moving so fast. It's moving so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is, man. In a nutshell, dance, play, live music, food, simple, human. That's beautiful. And mm -hmm. especially to, you know, create like a tribe and community. That's, you know, that's huge for people. You know, you can, read so many books and so many, you know, like kind of learn so much and stuff, but at least what I've learned in the past, especially the past few months is like having a community and tribe and people that you can relate to and feel safe with is, is like more powerful than, than anything, you know, going, yes. out, going out in nature and camping by yourself is very powerful and impactful. And the solitude is beautiful to sit with yourself, but Mm -hmm. having a community is is a game changer so, right right that's cool i think it's, yeah. i think it's so essential mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And that's interesting. The question about what it is to be human. One of my, like one of my coaches, he, he likes to say being a full spectrum human, you know, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, you're, you're allowed human feels it all having all the emotions, having, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, going through all of it is, is, is knowing that and that it's okay. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is like when, what is soul to you? What, what does soul mean to you? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a good one. Cause I know our, both, both of our projects is, has soul in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, where was I? Oh, I, w- I was at a, um, helping Dave out and the festival thing that came through was called celestial, celestial, uh, gathering or something like this Fest- carnival, carnival, celestial carnival and their soul cycle and their soul this and soul that. And so as I started thinking about that word, my, one of my buddies, when I, when I named soul movement, he's like, it's a little close, man. It's been played out, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, man, but my dance name has been soul Mova. My email name started as an email, but became my alias soul Mova M O V A. And I kept going with that. So soul Mova, and then it was soul Mova fitness. If you remember my Instagram name. And then it was like, well, fitness closes me down. It keeps me in a fitness box. I don't want to be this fitness dude. Cause I, do more than that right mm-hmm. so then i was like what's soul movement coaching and anyways he was like yeah it's soul kind of played out but i started reading um bill plotkin i don't know if you know bill plotkin he's out I've in colorado heard the name before but yeah he's a wilderness guide ecotherapist depth psychologist uh rites of passage uh like elder uh, initiation so he basically takes young adults and and, and adults and does trainings into the wilderness. So they'll do like their three-day fast in the wilderness and all these like rites of passages that we're missing in the culture of Western culture, right? So I started reading his book called Soulcraft. And I'm rereading it because I read about halfway. And he talks about what he defines as soul. And I started to understand, oh, I, I, I feel a lot more connected to the word now because um, in our culture, or collectively that w- what we know is like going towards the light and going ascension, going mm-hmm. upwards, right? Mm-hmm. Going up to the crown chakra and going upwards into the heavens. Mm-hmm. That's one aspect of our development. But what's the, uh, what's the opposite? If we're thinking yin yang. Going down into the darkness. It's going down, right? And it's going down. And so both, both sides need to happen. So the soul is the downwards journey. Mm. And soul and soil mm. is kind of a, a thing that I thought about. Oh, the soil of the soil of my soul needs to be tended to. It mm. needs to be, you know, taken care of. It's it's that's that's where the life is gonna come from that shoots me upwards in my growth upwards. So if my soil and my soul is not right, it's got dirt in there, it's clunky, it's got the weeds, it's not right energetically i can't grow up and i can only grow up only so high mm-hmm. before it stops and then i need to dig my roots deeper so that i can grow higher so soul is is a is this downwards journey and it is more about uh uncovering your your purpose in this life and in your, your soul's purpose mm-hmm. so i'll take you back to the hero's journey mm-hmm. yeah so when the hero's journey goes out into solitude or has a rites of passage or the tribes take their 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 soon to be adult 
mail out to the, into the jungle and say, okay, here's your tools. Here's your spear. Here's your, this we'll see you back at the tribe at the village. Right. Mm-hmm. That young boy is going to go on this freaking journey. And guess what? He's going to crystallize, know his purpose in the tribe and in, in the community and come back with those gifts and have clear alignment and clear moving, moving soul because he understands he, he's gone through that phase. We're missing that. And so soul to me is a downwards journey of figuring out what you're here to do, what your unique gifts are in this world and how to express them and how to manifest them and really hone them. So soul, yeah, that's, I love that question and I'm still chewing on it. So uh, it's something that I can't say like exactly, but it's starting to make sense for me of like a feeling like, yeah, soul's down, soul is soil, soul is roots. And soul is into the dark places, into the crevices um, of your being so that, yeah, you, you get more understanding of yourself to then bring it to the surface and then express it in an authentic way. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And like, yeah, like you said at the beginning, you know, most people think it's, you know, soul has always got to be up or enlightenment or extension. And um, so that was, that was a really cool perspective to, to hear, you know, that it is your, you know, you got to go in the dirt and your soil and you got to attend that. That's really powerful. Bill Plotkin, man, check him out. I, yeah. I, I think if, if you check that Soulcraft book out, in conjunction with your process of your podcast and what you're doing in your life and your projects, mm-hmm. man, I think it's going to really hit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's deep. Yeah. As that's what I think about, you know, with, with soul mountain is like one of the, you know, I, I don't know who said it or, or whatnot, but you know, it's just kind of like a general quote, but you know, when you get to the top of the mountain, you realize there's always another mountain to climb, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, this, so it's like, you know, you're, you're always got more to go, you know, you think you get to the top of the mountain, but there's always a higher mountain or there's always, you know, something else to conquer and stuff. And mm-hmm. thing with, with like my, my metaphors of it is like, you got to get down the mountain too, you know, like right. you, you can't, you know, you can climb up the mountain, but that's only half the journey. You got to go, you got to go down too. Right. You got to go down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was thinking, really, uh, another addition to that last soul thing. So climbing mountains, I had this realization a long time ago, like a few years ago, I was like, man, I want to climb mountains. I want to be a mountaineer and I want to, I want to live like an alpine life, you know, and, and this kind of thing. And it hit me because I was still doing all this work on getting my shoulder back, and my nutrition and my, this, that I had gut issues was soul is, like I said, soil, soul is your material body and the material world and your microbes and your enzymes and your vitamins and minerals and your bones and soul is like of the earth, soil of the earth. So if you're, we're trying to individuate or trying to grow into a crystallized being, right. And, and to come into a wholeness, mm-hmm. we can't do it without, we cannot get there without taking care of the material body, our physical body. So, you know, for me, that was a very big hit of like, if my soul is going to express itself and I'm going to get to it, you know, that's a, that's a really kind of jacked up part of this, this, what we're dealing with is our souls. Many people don't even come in contact with their soul. Mm. Why? Because a material body isn't 
quite right. They haven't nurtured it. They haven't taken care of it. The environment, the political system or the, where they live and the economic system that they're in and where we're at is just holding that soul down from expressing it coming out. So, you know, in this way of like coming from the fitness world, coming through health challenges, we need to take care of our health if we're going to get to our soul, if we're mm -hmm. really going to get in there and get to it and then have the energy and have the understanding to then build out from that. Mm -hmm. So soil is your material, physical body, mm -hmm. your nutrition, what you eat, what you chew on, you know, like what constitutes your freaking physicality mm -hmm. that's not taken care of it's very hard to get in there so i just want to add that in because that was when i was heightened you can't ascend if you have inflammation running rapid your freaking lower back's gonna hurt because you're not breathing right and you've got digestion issues pushing on your vertebrae and making you feel not good you're mm -hmm. not gonna get to the top of that mountain if you don't take care of yourself so totally yeah. Yeah. addition to that that's so true <laughs> <laughs> i hear that um yeah. well man i uh i appreciate this conversation and i loved hearing your story and you know where you're coming from and all the the stuff that you've learned and and the whole cycle of of where you're at and where you're going and stuff um, thank you brother i appreciate you coming out yeah, you too, brother. i mean i have a little if we can if you're up for i don't know if you got time for this but mm -hmm. uh just kind of wanted to ask you a few questions and and um, yeah just get where you're at is you know we've contacted through instagram we've met and we've talked a few times and uh, like again appreciate you having me on your your podcast as you build this and i just want to hear your journey man of like you know your project here in the mountains that you love and um some of the things that were impactful for you, maybe some of your story a little bit mm -hmm. and kind of how you're seeing that um, journey within yourself yeah, uh, and where absolutely. you're at be, be, would be cool. Yeah. Um, so like the, my, my first time I've always been like, you know, called to nature and stuff and always felt home in nature, but it wasn't until my first backpacking trip in, uh, I hiked part of the, um, Appalachian trail. It was like a 72 mile stretch from, um, in the smoky mountains. And, uh, and me and my cousin had originally like set out to do it over seven days and no idea what I was getting into. Really. We loaded up our backpacks with like, we had like 55 pound packs and just like way overdid it mm -hmm. and, uh, was, and my cousin ended up kind of bailing on me halfway through it. It was too much for him. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm still going to do this. I'm committed. And, and, uh, and that was like, that week was really profound for me for being in the mountains completely by myself and, uh, had a couple, um, incidences with like bears coming in my shelters and stuff. And, um, like that was my, my first opening to, learning that I wasn't 
kind of like alpha dog. I, you know, thinking humans are like the top, you know, we have all this technology and stuff, but I was like, uh-huh. shit, I'm out here in nature and this bear can eat me, you know, or this mountain is gonna, you know, push me to my limits, you know, every single step, you know, some points I was like, literally just telling myself, Ryan, you can take one more step, Ryan, you can take one more step. And, um, after that week, I was just like, so proud of myself for, you know, making it through and, and it just pushed me to, that was like an opening to, uh, just like my whole, like, passion for getting out in the mountains and seeing like what else can I climb you know both physically and mentally and spiritually it's like you know there's there's always going to be something to uh something to climb and some some challenges and stuff so and that's why mountains are are so profound to me is because every time I go out in the mountains I always learn something about myself you know or you know Mm. conquer it's not really the mountain that I'm you know, I'm happy to get on top of the mountain and stuff, but it's never, that's never the most impactful thing for me. It's, you know, always the insights that come through and the mentalities and the realizations that come through about the, you know, whatever troubles and challenges I'm having in my life at that time that I can understand to, to keep going and to, or when to quit on some mountains and stuff, you know, when to, when to say, okay, Ryan, you're, you gotta, you know, take a step back and, you know, this isn't, this isn't a fail. This is, you know, just a, a lesson to, you know, learn a new way or, you know, try something else. And, uh, and then from there it was last year, I, I moved out to Seattle and Seattle was like, I think my life was, you know, pre pandemic. I moved out in January and I was like, my life is going to be great. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to do this. And then the pandemic kind of hit and, you know, life changed dramatically and uh and I so I spent a lot of times out in the mountains out there and and found a lot of solitude again and uh and it's just always been you know a journey to to how I can be be a better person and how I can you know show up for myself better and and in return knowing how to show up for myself I can help to show up for other people. And, uh, so that's kind of like the basis of, especially like soul mountain is, you know, sharing my story and also sharing other people's stories. Cause that's how we can relate and connect as humans is by, by sharing, you know, where we're at. And, yeah. um, so that's been like a big, big part of my journey. And, uh, and again, um, like plant medicines have been just super impactful. And at first, you know, they always felt, you know, somewhat recreational, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, quickly learning that it was more than that, you know, first, first few times were kind of recreational, but those, those experiences were much deeper and, and, uh, went went down to Peru and and did some ayahuasca ceremonies and learning that you know it's not just 
the couple hours that you sit in ceremony, but learning that like all of life is a ceremony and celebrating all of life and, and, you know, taking those things away. And, um, yeah, so it's, you know, really just the past, the past few years for me have been, how can I dive into more of the process of, of living and fully, you know, understand where I'm at and, keep going and keep taking the next step to to get to that next mountain and know that there's going to be another mountain after that but where i'm at is is perfectly fine and um yeah so i hear that (laughs) yeah nice brother yeah nice to hear your story a little bit yeah And, and, and also relate to you man i i you know i feel you i feel exactly yeah it's 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 just nice to to recognize you know a journey and that's what i think about like what is being a human and stuff is like how can i just be more authentic and be more you know myself and put myself out there and fail you know basically and you know and know that it's okay Mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah as you speak as you speak i'm like i hear this humble humility you know and and how we probably both share this this mountain journey into nature and being like oh shit humble <laughs> yeah. pie you just eat a humble big old slice of humble pie you know when you're out in the mountains trying to climb a peak and battling battling the elements and yourself and mm-hmm getting there and coming back to life with more humility and being like, wow, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's right for everybody and all these things and coming back and saying, how can I show up in a better mm-hmm. way and walk a little gentler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause life it's like, for me hearing your story, I'm like, yeah, that that's totally what it is is we like to go and, and have these experiences and set these things up for ourselves to give us humility. Right. So mm-hmm. that we can recognize that we don't, have it all all the answers and um uh it's like practice of humility <laughs> mm-hmm. you know of and getting out there and being like yeah remember where who you are <laughs> mm-hmm. and <laughs> learning like the you know how many times you build up expectations and your ego wants to you know yeah say you're the best you can do this you, you know don't don't back yeah. down and stuff and and right shattering those expectations and you know certain ways and saying oh shit i'm not ready for this stuff (laughs) or Mm -hmm, you know or mm -hmm. um right yeah that is yeah expectations has has been a a huge learning process for me is you know thinking about the things that you want and and life happens in different ways right and I was thinking the other thing too, is like adding in like, if we can set up these adventures for ourselves, we can go out there and like, it's kind of like the working out thing. I was just side notes, like we can do these things ourselves and learn versus and be involved in the process of being uncomfortable mm-hmm. with a, uh, uh, I'm going into that on purpose versus in the tumble of life and then life smacking you around, making you humble because your ego doesn't want to let go. 
right? Mm-hmm. Kind of talking about plant medicines that having this ego dissolution and like coming to terms like that you don't fucking know it all. You don't right. know. And, and this unknown, so many people hold on to something in their life and don't let it go because they're afraid to let go into the unknown and they get battered around and life just beats the crap out of them. Me too, because I've been there, right? Mm-hmm. But beats the crap out of us rather than going, let me go into the woods. Let me go on this crazy adventure. Let me push my limits on a purposeful way. Feels so much different than getting freaking rocked mm-hmm. and, and getting humble pie smashed in your face over and over again. Rather than sit down with that humble pie and eating it with some nice vanilla ice cream, it feels different. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm sitting down to have this humble pie because I know what's going to come from it. There's something going to come from it. Mm-hmm. Rather than someone walking over every freaking 10 minutes, slamming a pie in your face that wouldn't feel good <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah that's so like the, the mountains are teachers in that way mm-hmm. yeah i think about <laughs> like yeah it's like cold exposure jumping in a jumping in a cold alpine lake it's like if you fall in a lake it fucking sucks you know but like you can slowly walk into the lake and know that you're gonna get you know you're gonna be able to breathe through it and find some you know you're going to be better for it on the other end that's yeah it makes it a little bit easier and knows that there's when there's resistance you can yeah you're going to come out better on the other end for for whatever it is i don't know it's just such a interesting process to i I, i'm just really thinking about how your your kind of take on the soul and and really you know diving down and going, you know, beneath and, and stuff. Cause that's, you know, it's, I just resonate with that so much. The more you can, you know, look beneath and, you know, find out, you know, so many things that are just swept under the rug and stuff. And when you, when you lift up the rug and, and really clean it out, you can, you know, make room for, for what your sole purpose is and for how you can inspire others and, and share and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of them, you know, I'm thinking about the books because the book, the first half of that Soulcraft book, it talks about his definition of soul, the journey, you know, the descent into the soul, you know, figuring out the gifts, coming back, you know, it's the, the arc. But at the, I think the last half of the book is um, tools and methods to get to the soul, right? And so these tools come from all types of things right like plant medicine whether that be mushrooms or ayahuasca mm-hmm. or ganja even or mm-hmm. you know right we can use these plant or spearmint you know like plants you know they can mm-hmm. have an intelligence but other things like chanting community like we're saying uh, dancing mm-hmm. um meditation uh, tai chi qigong um breath work are all in are all tools to help us get in mm-hmm. and to go deeper and um these come from all different cultures native american culture uh shamanic culture like all these different areas of of understanding and insight that we we have humans have gone into these realms before it's using those and maybe it's you know i don't know if you said you have a coach i have i've had coaches along the way I've also been my own coach where I was just so like gung-ho, like I'm going to study this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing like 
shamanic breathing in my home in West Oakland, which is in the ghetto, you know, of, of the Bay Area, having like visions of masks and people come and voices telling me messages, man, like hearing voices in my head that were saying specific things to me that I knew what they were saying, stop mm-hmm. doing this or go that way. And I'm like, I don't know who's talking to me right now, but I, I'm getting the message just mm-hmm. off my breath work, you know? So um, having the tools and the resources and maybe a guidance um, person to help mm-hmm. you into that soul area is very crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and having inspiration, people around you that inspire you like, yeah, okay. Okay. Cause it is dark. It's unknown. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen when we start going downwards into the soul and, and I was just going to take you back as most people don't go that route because why so fear, scary, you know, scary fear, yeah. fear, right? I don't know what I'm going to find. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to find. Well, here is the crux of, of where we're at right now. If we're on that climb, bro. And that, that crux move is coming. Mm-hmm. And we're, we either get over that climb and we get to the next pitch or we don't. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's fear of the unknown. If we're going to make it or not. I think we're at that critical moment, man. We've been, I mean, there's, I think many moments of that, of like, here's the time. Let's, let's change our trajectory as a human, human species. We keep missing a little bit, you know, like we have this moment of moving past fear into the unknown, which brings us, oh, that's what he also talks about the soul. And I'm getting reminding the soul is so wild, man. The soil, the, the soul is the wildness of us. And if we look at religion, culture, society, parents, schooling, what does that all do to us as a, as a wild being? It freaking contains us. And- it contains us. And so finding your soul actually is an expansive, and it's a breaking of all those constructs and conditionings to decondition yourself to get to your wild essence of who you are Mm -hmm. and shit your wild essence might want to freaking sing and dance in public and go crazy and just lose and be freaking wild (laughs) and you're going to get looks but most people aren't going to do that because of what i just said of fear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the soul is a wild aspect of yourself that we stuff down and we don't let go and express because of conditioning because hey don't do that hey sit down hey shut up. Hey, no, not, not here. Hey, no. And so we, we, we get limited of our expression in the soul because of, of all the things around us Mm -hmm. and our fear. So it's like getting in there. I just, uh, was watching a TV show, um, the other night about like myths and monsters and stuff. And, uh, it's one of the things that are talking about is like the aspects of the wolf and like how, everyone thinks that, you know, these wolves are, you know, these wild, crazy, you know, malicious, deadly animals and stuff. When in reality, a lot of times, like there's very little, you know, wolves are going to very seldomly attack a human or very, you know, like they're, they're actually very like passionate in nature and very, you know, kind and loving beings. But it's the aspect of the wild that's in them and stuff that they, you know, that people are afraid of, you know, coming to that aspect of the wild and the wilderness that is in them. And that's why Mm -hmm. people have this, you know, this view that they're, you know, so scary and, and stuff, but in reality, they're, 
they're just yeah being being who they are and being soulful there can definitely rip you to shreds if they want to but you know like right. it's it's not really the the aspects of you know that's not that they're dangerous they are but you know it's it's that that wild beast you know that can come out which is in everybody you know and that's what everyone is is afraid of and i thought that was it hit me hard i was like that's so true everyone is so afraid to to let that wild out of them and be yes. that authentic you know and yes and or and shatter the paradigms that you had before everything that you thought it's like what who am i you know i think about my name it's like i was born and i was given the name ryan right but, you know it's like is that really who i am if i'm not you know called ryan am i what does that mean who does that make me you know it's like what is that <laughs> what does that do to me you know these the identity of who you are before and that was what ayahuasca right. did to me too and on and you know psilocybin mushrooms and it's like oh all this shit that i thought was true and i thought that because i believe these things i have to believe them for the rest of my life and then you have right these these openings and you step through a new door and you're like oh it's okay you know up until right. up until that point it it's there the door is there you don't know what's on the other side but it's like as soon as you walk through it's yeah it's just like oh this isn't as bad as i thought it was going to be you know yeah it's that mental mental fear most of the time and you right. step you you go through and you're like oh shit that was fucking easy you know, like yeah right right <laughs> that wasn't that bad or that yeah. was enjoyable <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Right. Well, it's like the thought keeps coming to me is like, um, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. It. I'm going to paraphrase, but basically like you're talking about, we're talking about the journey, man, the journey in, in the down where the, like the medicine journey, that the work you just described right now was mm -hmm. going into the, the dark, going into the unknown, the soul. Mm -hmm. um, if most people hear these things, plant medicine and maybe this and hear the like, oh my gosh, I puked and crazy and it was hard and like earth shattering and you know if people don't if people are thinking they're going to go into this process without anything just to go into it most people aren't going to go there mm -hmm. but if there's something on the other end saying i can't tell you what you're going to learn or how you're going to learn it but there is something on the other side of that door right or deep down in that cave there mm -hmm. is something in there there is rocks and diamonds mm -hmm. and, and gems in that cave if you're willing to go, right? Mm -hmm. If people understand that, they're more willing to go into a process of uh, a modality that might take them, like a meditation practice that might take them to the dark places or a medicine journey that might take them there. If we understand, we're much more willing to go into these spaces because we know we're going to come out alive and, and, and maybe more fruitful at the end. But the culture of the way we take people there and we talk about things like this people just think it's well it's, it's scary i don't know am i going to get hurt am i going to am i going to totally lose who i am and never gain myself back kind of thing mm -hmm. am i going to lose who i am as ryan or mark and then be like come back blown out like who the fuck am i i don't even know who i am right mm -hmm. if we don't if we're going to go into that process and we think that's just what it's going to be no one's going to go there Mm -hmm. And so as you and I are talking about plant medicines and our journeys and other people 
Michael Pollan's talking about this now, right? All these people are talking mm-hmm. about medicine, right? And journeying in as a collective, we understand going in is not going to annihilate us. We much willing to do it as a collective because mm-hmm. we know we're, we're not going to get annihilated. We're going to come back actually more whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's this distinct, you know, so like I hear us talking about, and you know, whoever listens to your podcast is if you're in this, fe- you're on that fence of like, Oh, medicine or going inwards. And I don't want to go because it's scary. Just think, you know, there's always something inside. There's always mm-hmm. something going to come out. You know, that quote uh, by uh, Joseph Campbell, is it Joseph Campbell or Carl Jung? I forget who says it, but the, the cave that you fear to enter the most is the one you should go in is the one you should go in, yeah. <laughs> you know, that one, right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's scary, but make sure you have your team. Make sure you have your people that you can mm-hmm. hold on to, to mm-hmm. take you into that under space and come out. So mm-hmm. um, just speaking of this is like, it's always something, you know, to learn and it's, it's not for nothing. Yeah. And yeah. The, to think about like, <clears throat> the you know a lot of times you know knowing knowing that there is fruits and knowing that there is gems and stuff like on the other side of the door and in those caves and stuff it's like and but like especially with those journeys is knowing that the fruit that you think you're gonna be biting into on on the other end might not be the fruit that you thought you know was going to be and like that's that's okay you know that's okay and it might be juicier and and more delicious than probably will be more delicious than you thought it was going to be uh-huh uh-huh or bitter yeah <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a big old bitter something mm-hmm. and you're like oof gotta swallow that bitterness because that's the truth mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah which also will probably help your digestion because we like the bitters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll help you help you process it more. Exactly. Help you process at least. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. It's so important to, to know that those journeys are necessary and, you know, and to, that's yeah that's where the growth is and and yeah having having safe space and safe people to 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 hold you up when when you're going through those things is is important because a lot of times yeah i think people know that they want to do those those journeys or go into certain practices and stuff but don't feel like they they have a safe place to so finding you know the community that can can be there for them and stuff and and mm-hmm. support is I think what holds, you know, or potentially can hold a lot of people back from, from doing those kinds of journeys. Right. Speaking of that, you're taking me to this thought of like how the community is really important. And, you know, the, the, there's two parts of this. One is the communities either not being uh, tight all the way through, meaning you know, the shady shit or the person that's hosting, it's got weird things and Mm -hmm. something's not right. It's not clear. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other end of that is like where because of the fear and the not understanding. And when I say ignorance and ignorance, I don't use it as like this negative like term where like, Oh, you're, you're so ignorant, dude, you're ignorant. I was ignorant. I am ignorant still. I'm the Mm -hmm. first one to say it. I'm ignorant in ways. And I don't know. 
that's fine. But the ignorance of people not understanding a certain medicine or a certain community or a certain way of being or method to go down, they throw it out because they don't understand it. And we do that in a culture here in the Western. I don't understand it. It must be stupid. And the other part of that is when people start saying this, that, and the other day, oh, it's just a bunch of hokey pokey shit because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so I get frustrated. And I, that's one of the things that angers me is people just throw shit away and make fun of it because I, I don't know how, how old are you again, brother? 25. 25. Okay. So I'll be 38 this coming month in October. But I remember when I was growing up being like 18, being kind of like different, like I, I would meditate I was reading these books and I was drawn towards spirituality, but people made fun of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sure you've probably seen these posts where people talk about, uh, I saw it yesterday. It was like something, something, how to tell, you know, commu uh, spiritual community bullshit. When you see it, when people say, uh, container or they say and they had all these things poking fun at legitimate medicine because they thought it was stupid and hokey pokey meaning like container holding space and all these things yeah that's real shit mm -hmm. don't discount it yeah. okay sure I understand that it can get played out whereas you know it's, I'm just holding space and I'm just holding space and everything's like holding space and it's like for me there goes to the extreme of like Okay, can we, yeah, can we get out of everything is holding space? You know what I mean? Say, like, if you understand what I'm saying, it's like, okay, it's a little much, a little much, a little much. We can have time where we hold the space, but it's a real thing. Don't make fun of it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Don't make fun of people that are going into themselves and, and because you just, because you just think it's spiritual stupidity. Right. It drives me nuts. Don't do that shit. That's ignorance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in this way of like what we're talking about, kind of get long-winded and lost in thought but if you don't know don't say it don't say shit <laughs> yeah and, and you know and just ask questions you know like it's yeah. it's people are so quick to dismiss you know right. and that's dismissal yeah you know if you don't if you don't understand yeah don't don't talk shit and you know and just try right. to understand and if you don't understand that's okay you know but don't bash it yeah because right. and, and another thing too it's like so many you know like i think one of the thoughts is people think that you know and and this a lot of times ego can step into the spirit spirituality realm of just like where they you know get caught up in thinking that it's like a paradigm where they are doing spiritual work and stuff, but they're not, they're not like, like opening up and accepting to the change that is possible as, as well, you know, like having, having, a you know, somebody who is, you know, maybe had a, a powerful shift from, you know, meditation and plant medicines and like vision quests and stuff. But then they think that because of their, awakening in it was the only way for somebody to awaken you know yeah. and then that completely takes away from the whole point of spirituality you know of, of journeying for yourself you know there's mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong way to do it and right right yeah oh 
I'm also thinking like crystals and things like this and chakra systems and how that gets poked at, made fun of, you know, especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, or new age spirituality and all these things. Most of this new age spirituality that people will knock at is ancient technology and ancient spirituality. You know, I say like, I've done some crazy healing with my seven chakra stones, meditating on my chakras while getting my butt cleaned out for seven days in a row, coinciding with seven chakras with seven days of sauna before that to where I heal some deep, 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 deep stuff, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then I'll have someone make fun of chakras and, and crystals and be like, that's a bunch of shit. And you're going to mm-hmm. heal yourself with crystals. And I look at them just thinking in my head, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to talk crap about rocks? You know what I'm saying? Crystals when you don't understand it. And mm-hmm. the crazy part about this, bro, is if you look at chakras, it is scientifically backed. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's stamped. Mm-hmm. People know about chakras. They align with the seven ganglia, nerve ganglia bunches in our body. They're a real deal physical thing. And they're real emotional centers and real energetic centers. It gets knocked off like chakras. You know, that just drives me nuts. Look into shit before, right? Mm -hmm. I tell people, don't just talk crap about it. You don't understand it yet. And how all that stuff can really help us. And we're just, you know, a lot of of it. It's getting missed or like you're saying, just getting bashed and not really understood mm-hmm. um because you know and and also just another thought is spirituality what does that mean what does spirituality mean it's different to everyone you know and that's right like, you know paul check says it and i under, and i go with his i go with his definition it's understanding and being in tune and attuned to a bigger thing than you simple doesn't mean doesn't mean you need to be doing chakra work and doing crystal healing. Doesn't mean you need to be doing that, but just understanding and being attuned that you are part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. That something else is animating you and making you move. Mm-hmm. You heard the you've heard the term "ghost in the machine." Mm-mm. What's making us move? What is making things happen? No one can explain it. Mm-hmm. No one can explain it, right? So what but is that thinks, mystery? Everyone thinks that they're, you know, everyone thinks they got the answers, you know? Right. But, but, but like, if you go, if you go on to the evolutionary standpoint, uh, well, what's all, it's all just evolution and there's no spirit and there's no God. Okay. You can go that route. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's all biological and it's all this and it's all just chemistry and all this, that, the other neurotransmitters <laughs> where does love come from right <laughs> what are these can things you measure be- love can you measure how much i love you brother can you measure how much i love my 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 family you can't what is that force mm-hmm. what is the force that animates us and gets us every single day mm-hmm. that's the mystery and that's uh separation of spirit and this connection to something of the mystery right mm-hmm. so now we're stuck in this materialistic scientific mindset that's disconnected from a it's like we're connected in between our roots our soul our soil and the heavens above we're just like stuck in this like mind who knows mm-hmm. and until we get clear and be like i don't know and there is a mystery and there's something that's moving us we can come in harmony with that energy and move with it and, and you can call it god 
hey, I grew up Christian. I grew up in a crazy Christian church where, you know, in high school, they're like, we're going to have you go out and start Bible thump and tell people you need to tell people to come to church and shit. I was like, hell no. Yeah, I ain't doing that. But guess what? After my long journey of healing and meditation and all this stuff we've been talking about, I've come back around it. I can say, God, Lord, Jesus, great spirit, whatever you want to say, man. And I, and it all means the same to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have an attachment to say God. If I say God, people are like, dude, you're religious or something. I'm like, what, what do you want me to say? You want me to say spirit? Is that better for you? Right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I just know there's something else outside of me that's helping me <laughs> mm-hmm. move through my life. And I don't care mm-hmm. what it is. It's just there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the other thing. Like, you know, people, you know, think magic is a bunch of hocus pocus and stuff. And I, I like, I love the quote where it's like, magic is like just science that isn't explained yet. You know, 30 years ago, we didn't know that, you know, certain things existed. We didn't know how a certain part of the bodies worked. We didn't know that, you know, like, you know, that, you know, at one time we believed that the earth was the center of the universe, you know, and that was, you know, the normal. And then Copernicus comes around. He's like, no, the sun is the center of our solar system, you know, and, and, and then there's everything expanded around that as well, you know, and it's, so it's, it's just so powerful to, to recognize that, you know, and that's what I love about science so much. And people, seem to forget they think science is just fact you know once once something in science is said to be true that's Mm -hmm. it that's what it is but science is not you know saying something is true science is saying something isn't true you know it's always questioning it and then same thing with words you know going back to like when you say god i like when i say god i'm i'm just saying god and it's from my own perspective my own understanding of god but the term God to you, you know, it, it encompasses all of it. And, and people that's, that's another, you know, interesting perspective of spells, you know, magic spells are, you know, yeah, right. You know, and it's like spelling, you know, you're just choosing how to say your words and, you know, your understanding and your perception of words is, is different from somebody else. So it's, you know, it's, it's all perception and you know and i can't tell you i can't tell you how to think but like when i say a word you're automatically going to start processing and thinking something in a certain way and right so it's yeah it's and yeah people are in that paradigm and perception of not realizing that their words are you know have different meanings or you know different understanding and it's just what it is you know it's it's too quick to think that this is what my thought is so this is what it is you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. It, it, it's taking me to like uh when people say this is my truth my truth my truth and it's what I, these are my beliefs right mm-hmm. lately i'm like i don't like any of those words <laughs> mm-hmm like okay well if you say it's my truth i'm like you mean your understanding <laughs> at the moment mm-hmm. of where you are right now mm-hmm. that's what you're saying your truth is which sounds like an actually just an opinion about something mm-hmm. versus your truth so that's one term that's kind of being thrown around lately in, in this culture of like it's my truth let me just speak my truth i'm speaking my truth 
Mm-hmm. And then you're having two people speak two truths that are actually not the truth. The mm-hmm. truth is actually not with both of them, but with something outside of them right. that they're missing. Right. They're just speaking their opinions. The other one is belief. Well, you know, this is my belief. Okay, sure, have it. But when you have a belief by the nature of it, when Paul Check talks about it, and I understand it now, it's a closed system. Mm-hmm. There's no opening. It's a dog. It, it, then it hardens, becomes that dogma. And then all of a sudden you're in a dogmatic place that you're speaking your truth from, not letting new information in because, man, we're just tight. We're just going all today. We're tying it back, which is like, then you're holding on to all the other crap in your life because you're hardened because mm-hmm. you've been picked on, told to shut up. You don't know what's right. All these things add up. So we protect our beliefs and our truths, you know, quote unquote truths with our might, all of our might. Because if we do let somebody in and we do open our hearts and we are wrong and we are misunderstanding and we are not seeing reality as it is, then that's a hurt on us. And we take it personally. We say, ah, um, see, see, they, they were right. I don't know. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and that hurts. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like all that distills, man, like all of it is in there somehow of like mm-hmm. coming back to our personal <clears throat> belief systems and our truths and no it's just much more than that it's like it's just what do i know right now you know the question Mm -hmm. is if you leave this earth and you die tomorrow like what would be the one thing you could say that you know for sure in this life like uh that i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i can tell you some principles that i that i know are to be you know it's like what do we think is true and that what do we know is true i need Mm -hmm. water and I, i need to breathe and sleep helps me community helps me mm-hmm. like i know these things to be true these are like foundation principles they stand the test of time mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying if i cover my mouth i cover your mouth you will die <laughs> straight point blank mm-hmm. that's pretty hard capital t truth for me mm-hmm. now on the other stuff about my beliefs and my opinions about this dynamic or this cultural thing that's happening that's just what i think about it at the moment but that's I'm not attached to it. I can experience, I can change that at any time mm-hmm. and I can let go of it. Mm-hmm. One of the about. things that I've always, <clears throat> the saying I've always loved since I, like my dad would say it back when I was in like elementary school is there's always three sides to the story, your truth, their truth, and the real truth, <laughs> you know? And it's like, <laughs> Absolutely. It's, you know, that's, that is that is like a capital t truth for me it's like okay there's always going to be two perceptions and then the observer that you know on the the outsider that is like just there you know and and then another thing is like um like when uh years back like aubrey marcus would would always like he would take um he would like to to like alternate truth and love you know being being in love you can't not be in love if you're not in truth and you can't be in truth if you're not in love and those Mm. those two things are like that's you know that's been a just a powerful insight to to recognize you know if if you're being true to yourself which is could not be true to somebody else but you're still acting from a place of love then when you're acting from a place of love then you're always going to be truthful to yourself you know and 
And that's just a perception that is needs to be taken into account that, you know, whether you're acting, whether you're trying to do something for love for somebody or for yourself, that's true in the moment, but those, those moments change from, you know, from time to time. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that really that three sides of the truth thing is, is always like, oh, that no matter what you're thinking, it's like, shit, remember that. Remember there's, there's always an observer, you know, there's always, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. that outside force, that outside the total view, you know, of the world. And right. Cause we like to tell our, we like to, we like to make up the story, right. We don't want to attach the story of, you know, uh, I sat with ayahuasca uh, maybe two weeks ago for my fourth time in like six months. It's been a real big, powerful, potent, freaking condensed journey right afterwards, like for the next few days and still to this day, I'm really hyper focused or just aware. Like when I hear someone, like my buddy was in the kitchen like a few days later and we're talking and he's like, oh yeah, Jen's and he's a friend that has this property. And he's like, yeah, Jen's is going to do this and he's going to do that. And da, 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 da. I, just thought, I was like, bro, hold. I was like, I love you, bro. I hear you. But can I ask you this? Do you know that's what he's thinking? And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Cause he, we just come out the medicine. And I was like, he's, he's like, you're right. You're right. Right. I was like, I just want to say I'm hyper-focused, man. Like I hear when anybody's talking, whether they're talking from a place of knowing or a place of storytelling mm-hmm. and what we tell ourselves about this person or this, this situation or the world is again, is it true in the sense of, is it actually what the person's feeling, thinking inside mm-hmm. that we're, we're correct on? And if not, then ask, Hey brother, I noticed there's a little tension between us. I'm feeling a little like frustrated at you. Can you tell me I'm feeling this from you? Is that true and correct? Oh no, man. I've been dealing with problems with my ex-wife and I'm just kind of spacey and da 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 da. Oh, well, I thought you were spacey because you didn't like this about me. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so glad I cleared that up because I thought you were doing this because of this. Mm-hmm. And how much in our lives right now, symbolically, collectively, are we doing that to each other? Saying, this is what you're thinking and this is what you're doing to me. And this is what you're doing and mm-hmm. shit, man, I don't know. And so I'm really keen on, which is tying back to what you said of earlier is language, what we're saying mm-hmm. and how we're interpreting somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, instead of listening more, asking more questions and really being present with out of love and, and, and that can we really get to the hearts of each other? Like we're doing right now. I mean, I'm sure we, you expect to do like an hour call, maybe an hour and a half podcast. And we're like, couple hours now you yeah. know of like going in mm-hmm. and, and opening up our, our true thoughts and really hearing each other so mm-hmm. it's like what story are we hearing what story are we telling ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> about yeah, a person thing or situation and coming from yeah there's always like a way especially from like human to human there's always a, a way to understand more you know like from from mm-hmm. their perspective and yeah, and that that connection it's especially like it's so easy yeah from like what i was saying it's so easy to project you know and and think that you understood and understand what's going on and mm-hmm. and then to just sit in those ways and 
Yeah. And then you, you ask the one question, the one simple question, this is what I thought. And then it's like shatter. It's like, Oh, both of both, you know, perceptions were completely different, you know? And it's like, okay, this literally had nothing to do with you. And you're like, shit, now I feel silly, but Uh you're at a, you know, a place of ease now and you can move forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, yeah, totally. This podcast is like, you know, totally shifted and totally, yeah. Like thinking, thinking we went, yeah. Thinking it was kind of going to go down. And that's what I love about podcasts too, is, you know, that you can just be open to that. And it shows you that, yeah, again, what I was saying earlier, you know, about expectations and, you know, going out in the mountains and stuff, you, you build on expectations and, mm-hmm. and when you allow them to, to break down, that's where, you know, cool things can happen, you know, and right. things come through. Right. The spirit moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brother. Nice. Nice to chat with you and go a little deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, human connection. That's, you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, absolutely. We need it so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, I think it's probably time to, to wrap it up. To wrap it up. Yeah, brother. Sounds good to me. Yeah, really oh, enjoyed uh, talking yeah. with you and, and, you know, answering some of the questions and hearing about your story and, yeah, just your your own wisdom, man, and, and what you're doing in your life. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate you. that. Likewise, man, it was beautiful to to hear where you came from and and your you know your your offerings to the world and and hearing your your take on the soul and uh-huh. you know what you're what you're doing and cool. needs more people like you in the world, you know, to uh, to be open and honest with with life. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Summit to Soul Mountain with my brother Mark. If you want to follow him on Instagram, you can do so at Soul Mova Coaching. And you can check out his website, Soul Movement Retreat, to learn more about the retreat he is offering on October 7th through 11th. As always, I'm so grateful for you to be here. If you could please rate and share this podcast if you feel called to do so, it's much appreciated. So much love, friends.